welcome to Pocket Change. Pocket Change is an offshoot of the Helios Consulting Podcast. During Pocket Change, we interview and discuss different issues and topics that surround change leadership and help sustain and support long-term anchored change. Welcome to our second episode of Pocket Change, where we discuss short burst change theories and ideas and concepts to help anchor and drive sustainable change. I'm really excited today because we have a very dear friend and colleague, Dwight Thompson, who has joined us today to talk about the importance of connection and gratitude in establishing really strong fundamentals to drive change in organizations. Welcome, Dwight. Thank you, Kate. It's exciting to be here. Yes. And so, Dwight, why don't you uh, take our listeners through a brief description of who you are, what you do, and how you and I have met and worked together in the past, and how connection and gratitude has helped us forge really great strategies and ideas. For sure. It sounds like there's several questions in there, um, but I'll just start with myself, a little bit about me. So really who I am, I, I try to be an individual who, you know, seeks to inspire and cultivate an idea-based culture in the environments that I work at. Uh, currently, I, I work for a large telecommunications company. I've uh, been in various roles, mostly on project management, program management, and portfolio management. Um, and more recently, I'm a, a supply chain project manager and it's been an interesting experience to come into this side of the organization uh, and you know bring my tool set essentially around uh, change management and practicing gratitude to really influence the change to drive many of the projects forward and to completion. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so, Dwight, you and I worked together on a very large transformational project. And yeah. one of the areas where we really intersected and where we really started to grow our relationship was around our desire to create consistent opportunities for people to engage, to to really belong. And um, there were a number of actually groups that we participated in. I think in total, there were probably three social networking groups that you and I directly interacted on. And then there were, I think, three that were kind of maybe floating off in the distance that might or might not have had an impact or a direct impact on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think where we really found our greatest sense of alignment was when we were talking about creating centers of excellence or where we were giving people the opportunity to learn but fit in and find those like-minded people who thought and felt the same way that they did about their practices. And so, you know, I'm curious about how you see the value of that versus how maybe an organization may or may not see the value of that because in a lot of cases, we had to really justify the purpose and the the definition of why we wanted to do those things. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Um, you know, oftentimes I, I find sometimes an organization uh, can sort of resist uh, those sort of networks from occurring. And I know in my case and, and looking at, it's not even a community that we, we were actually directly involved with building out, but a data community that I helped established uh, a couple years ago. And, you know, there wasn't the maybe organizational will or it hasn't been organized yet or thought out of that 
they supported uh, such a community. Um, but the biggest thing for me and, and, you know, bringing those people together and seeing the value is the opportunity of, of people to be empowered to uh, make changes and to promote the changes needed. Um, and so that ultimately ends up getting the organization to then see what true value is and help ideally to support that. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think about even some of the communities of practice that we did stand up together, they were around things that are generally what the average individual would consider to be pretty dull, right? When we think about data or we think about governance, um, you know, those types of things. And yet at the same time, we had such a high adoption rate and great participation. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people were excited? We had people who were asking to be a part of our social networks and our communities and practices. So why why do you think that is? I think the biggest thing is for people to like they feel valued um, and that you know they're they have those direct lines to then help promote the change they want to see, whether in governance or, you know, process changes. So I would give that as a, a strong reason. I find that, you know, the communities that we established, um, you know, flourish. Yeah, and I think it also took a, a concerted effort, right, in terms of constantly coming back, having a bit of a roadmap for those groups and a bit of a strategy, right? I think, you know, I published a blog a couple of weeks ago on um, social networking, and it was very much about how to create predictability and scalability with those social networks, which I think is really important. And I think, you know, I think to one of our change networks that we launched, and I don't think you were really a formal part of that particular network, but you were a guest several times because of the amount of change that you were driving. And one of the things that we did to launch that network, which was at the very beginning of COVID when the organization had demobilized and everybody was at home, was we had made an effort to go out and purchase a designer donut and have it delivered to every person's home. Uh, and that that established a, a really immediate connection for, for a number of reasons. But then in addition to that, it also showed us as leaders and change leaders what our gratitude was for the contribution that people were willing to make. And, you know, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on gratitude, both as an individual, how we we take that and express it, uh, grow it in ourselves as a leader, but how we express gratitude to continue to elicit that same desire for people to want to participate in social networks to create that connection. Yeah, that's a great question. You actually uh, made me laugh when you're talking about the toolkit you you know help support it and building out. And the biggest thing I don't know if I ever thank you on is around the engagement calendar. Um, you know, that's something I continue to carry forward into new projects and areas where it is good to map out like what is our communication strategy, what's rolling out when, um, who like what format. Um, timelines and I, I found that really kept us on track when we were implementing a change management plan for a specific project which I won't name but you probably know which one um, and to answer your question around gratitude and practicing gratitude I, th- I think the biggest thing for me is um, before even practicing gratitude we should be before we practice gratitude for towards others we have to practice gratitude for ourselves um so 
there's a multitude of, of things I do personally in my life to foster gratitude. The biggest thing and even reflecting uh, coming into this conversation with you today, Cade, I was thinking is like pr- gratitude is one of the simplest things as individuals we can start practicing and it doesn't need to take immense hours or even immense minutes. It, it can take a few seconds in, in your day to to really look at what are you grateful for. For me, it's waking up in the morning, right? For me, it's in, you know having this great meal and breakfast to start the day, um, all number of things. So going back to your question around practicing, like practicing gratitude for people we work with and employees, I think is it really comes down to, you know, we feel immense gratitude for ourselves, and that then puts us in their shoes of like what what it, what's around them that they can see um, is, is grateful for their you know, life and their life right now. And so um, specifically, you know, tactically, you know, it's taking time to reach out to someone, right? Where you know, message them or uh, schedule some time with them. And it's not just work related. Uh, you know, I love the example you brought up that occurred about the donuts, right? Like it's, a small thing. It's not expensive, uh, but it was something that people still talk about today, right? Because they saw that someone else took effort uh, to do something small for them. Um, and I think too, practicing gratitude is also celebrating the wins, and you know, not only on the personal level for for individuals that you might be working with on a team, uh, but also from a, a group perspective or. Uh, you know, a project perspective is, you know, celebrate to win. Don't be afraid. And it can be as small as saying thank you and having some meaningful words um, that people know, know that you took the effort to, uh, you know, appreciate the, the impact they had on a project or initiative. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree in terms of even, you know, coming back to kind of the beginning of your statement is that, you know, we do have to practice gratitude on our own and it's I, I can imagine for a number of people it's been very hard in the past you know 16 18 months to be able to practice gratitude when we look at the the tumultuous nature of where our world is right now and you know i went to yale and attended some courses there through the executive management and what when one of the things that we talked about in in one of our courses was really reframing and looking at things and instead of saying you know gosh, I don't want to get up and go sit at my desk in my office, you know, at home today. It's, gosh, I'm really glad that I have a job that I can do anywhere in the world. Um, Looking at it and finding a different way to look at the situation and the scenario, creating that reframe. And I, like you, practice gratitude on a daily basis. I think it's absolutely crucial. I think it's very grounding. It creates humility in in yourself just in terms of finding those small things. You know, how many people look at their hands and go, gosh, I am so thankful that I have four fingers and a thumb that can help me do things as quickly as I, I can or as I need to. Um, you know, finding the, the value in a meal. You know, I look at the meals that I have and sometimes as a dieting bodybuilder, they can be pretty small, but I'll look at my plate 
and I'll say to myself, wow, I am so fortunate to be able to receive such healthy, clean, wonderful food. And I look back into the history of where I've come from, and many, many people don't know, but when I was 17 years old, 18 years old, I was homeless, and I spent time living on the streets and did not have uh, a hot meal or anything of that nature. I was couch surfing. I was um, working homeless because the boom in Alberta did not allow for me to afford accommodations after a traumatic situation and event. And so, you know, I, perhaps my gratitude comes from a place of knowing what it is like to go without, or perhaps it is just that my life has really flourished since I've started actually actively practicing gratitude. And as as many people know who have worked with me, I am I, I work every single day to come in and be a ray of light that can bring a silver lining to anybody's really crummy day because, you know, we've had a lot of crummy days and Dwight, you and I have worked on some projects that have been pretty tough and we've had a lot of really difficult days where we've had to pivot and change and drive things from a leadership perspective that we may or may not have agreed with. But at the very end of the day, I think our ability to stay connected and have that alignment between one another is is really important. And I think this hearing also actually comes to the conversation of, and we're probably going to dive into this in a later podcast, but the alignment and the the intent of change management or change leadership as a practice and how it embeds with and facilitates project and project management. And what I often explain to people is that connection is the key to everything. And so when you have a project manager who's who's connected and plugged into the intent of what the project is and you have a change manager or a change leader who can stand back to back with them, that is a 360 degree ability to manage stakeholder expectations and 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 desirable outcomes from a project. And I think that when we talk about connection, it's really great for us to talk about social networking, you know, talking about gratitude with those people. But I think at the fundamental frontline level of leadership and driving change, um, having that really strong connection and that adaptation to be able to work together and have hard conversations and say, no, Dwight, I don't think you're right about this. I'm the expert here. You're the expert there. And for us to kind of hash it out behind closed doors, that's another level of connection that people just simply don't talk about. And I think it's one of the most important ones is the ability to have connection with conflict. Yeah, no, some really great points there, Kate, for sure. You reminded me, uh, of a blog post, I, I wrote a LinkedIn blog post. I wrote about um, how the pandemic has changed project management. And one of the things I talked about was the importance around communication. And so when you're talking about connection, like, you know, you're hitting it more hard on than even the points I was driving around communication, even though they're both important and tied together, but communication is just a mechanism. It's, it's just, you know, typing an email or, sending a chat message but you know that connection of and there's so much facets to that right where you're, you're talking about you know having those tough conversations those there's so much that you you need to build in in a connection to allow um you know people to feel comfortable to share their opinions on things so i definitely echo with what you're saying for sure 100 percent yeah, and I think really what you're touching on there is the psychological safety to mm -hmm. be able to have um, meaningful and hard conversations. And again, it all comes from connection. And, you know, I always 
think back to being the new kid on the block, right? As a career consultant, um, I come into an organization and I'm learning not just the organization and the culture, but I'm learning and developing relationships every single day. And that can be really hard. Um, yeah. Well, you I know, think in and, your case, it took you a long time uh, when you came into our organization um, to to really get your footing because you, you had to spend the time to really build those connections. Uh, and that's one thing I, I do value with what you brought, right? You weren't there to give a blueprint and say, do X, Y, Z. Like you really sought out and fought for those connections to form before you understood like, hey, I can speak a little bit now. Here's, you know, this is what I can share with like, hey, let's build a network or hey, let's build a change management plan that follows X, Y, Z. So that's one thing I do appreciate you about uh, coming into our organization. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, you know, and it, you you hit it right on the head there is that, you know, you have people who will come in and we're in an industry where, you know, organizations are only just starting to pick up and have change management offices or change management centers of excellence. And even in those cases, what we're finding is you don't have people who are specialists in this space. And if you do, uh, they still have to go out and find a contingent workforce to facilitate the multitudes of change that are going on in industries. I mean, you look at everything from governance and strategy, you think of technology and the pace that it's moving. You look at, um, you know, something like ESG, for example, that's going to drive a ridiculous amount of change for not any one industry, but multiple industries. And you want to think about that from even a supply chain perspective, that in and of itself is going to alter how organizations operate their supply chains. And you're, you're going to be coming into an organization and it's all well and fine to come in with the intent to provide solutions and supports and methodologies and tools. But at the very, very beginning and the foundation of everything is that in consulting, contracting, all you have is your reputation how you choose to interact and support people and you know whether you're willing to serve people as opposed to serve your own best interest and that id ego that you carry around with you i think that's the differentiator between how successful you can be in change because when you're looking down the barrel of asking somebody to change how they do business or taking a tool set away from them and establishing a a, a mindset of now conscious incompetence, I now know what I don't know. If you don't have a connection and the capability to listen to those people and empathize with them and understand what's important to them to be able to achieve their day to day, you're creating catastrophe and it becomes a nightmare to try and manage. You want to see why you have a reduced adoption. Well, reduced adoption comes from the fact that you're not actually being responsive to people. And one of the things that I often say and my partners and the, the folks who are consultants in our organization hear me say over and over and over again is if service is beneath you then leadership is beyond you right because as leaders what we need to always remember is that our connections with others are crucial and if we didn't have people to lead our role would not exist right so you know, it is. There's that one little one little book out there. It's all about relationships, and it is absolutely true. It really is all about relationships. Yeah, no, that's great points there as well, Kate. And you know, everything you're talking about in my mind and in my own practice, uh, it takes time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it really takes time. It really takes that reflection 
on a personal level as well to really spend a couple minutes be like am i truly connecting with you know the person that i interacted with earlier or the group that i interacted with was there anything i could have said differently you know any other questions i could have asked or even a reframing of those questions uh to to really really feel in your heart that you've you've connected with that individual or that set of stakeholders and it's not just using check boxes and saying yeah i did this and that and whatever it's like you really got to step back and put yourself in their shoes on a multitude of facets more so these days with the pandemic and you know us as a whole being more isolated from family and friends and colleagues so uh definitely echo everything you're saying but the thing that does resonate with me is like just the amount of time that it does take for that uh but the dividends pay off right like you know it's not you, you don't waste time by trying to you know put yourself more and more in someone else's shoes Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I think, and this is where the conversation between us becomes just so so great with alignment is that we both feel and view the world in the same way. And I think the value here is that, you know, when we think about it from a change management and, and a project management perspective, seeing and feeling that alignment is so very important to the success of the overall execution and sustainability of the project. Um, so it's it's fantastic. So, Dwight, any final thoughts or any any books you'd recommend to our listeners in terms of of anything in terms of information on uh, connection and gratitude? Anything that has really resonated with you and maybe altered the way that you think and perceive the world? I didn't know this question was coming. I would have uh, made a comprehensive list. Uh, <laughs> nothing that really comes to mind at this time. Uh, I think the biggest thing, just continually to expose yourself to, I love the articles uh, Helios puts out on, on LinkedIn there. Um, there's, you know, fabulous podcasts from like Harvard Business Review uh, and just always keep an open mind and just, you know, seek seek out new information as they come to you. So yeah, there's great resources online and great books, but I think the biggest thing I, I look on our uh our relationship, our friendship, Kate, um, the biggest thing that I like I'm learning is just being able to connect with you, right? Where we're able to bounce ideas or bounce what we're going through. So it's not always just about, you know, the materials out there, but, you know, connecting with uh, strong people, especially with strong, knowledgeable people within like change management um, and and learn about what's worked uh, well for them in the past, um, and incorporate that in your own your own life in terms of practicing gratitude and change management. So, uh, yeah, reach out to people, talk about you know gr- your gratitude, change management, and uh, yeah. I don't know more what to say, but I wish I did have that book list because I know there's a couple there that I could probably definitely recommend to the listeners. Excellent. Well, hopefully by the time we uh, get this one published out there, we'll be able to add that to the to the footer and and say, hey, here's some um, some items or we'll tag you in it and you can add your list then. Um, yeah. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Dwight. I really appreciate you joining us. And again, this has been a, a session of Pocket Change, which is our quick-paced opportunity to share change management best practices and opportunities to create sustainable engagement strategies and long-term anchored solutions to change. Thanks for listening. <laughs>